there are things that we could do as continuing education that would propel our recruits to be the professionals that we want them to be when they graduate. We can make the classroom more than an eight-hour PowerPoint presentation by bringing in and incorporating teach-back versions of classes. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. Enchanted Sky Studios in Prescott, Arizona. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategies, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. If you conduct training for firefighters, you might be surprised to discover your teaching is out of date. Now you're probably thinking, that's bull, I know how to throw a ladder. Problem is, if you haven't taken recurrent training, you may not be doing it right the way it's being taught now. If you're a baby boomer or a Gen Xer, your methods are probably outdated. It's not your fault they worked for you, but today's new firefighters are different. Here to tell us why we need to update our training skills is Chris Garnowitz. He's a captain with the Bluffton Township, South Carolina Fire District. An IFSAC certified fire instructor too, Chris is also an instructor with South Carolina Fire Academy and lectures throughout the East Coast on truck operations and instructor education. He began his career in the Metro Boston area as a volunteer firefighter and an EMT. And Chris Garnowitz joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Hi, Scott. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Assuming most instructors are Gen Xers, if not older, what is it about how they teach that's outmoded? Well, I think part of what, what I, I think of when I, when I made that statement was it's our training as fire instructors. We're a culture driven by tradition, and I think us as the older guard of the, the instructor world in the fire service, what we've done is we've tried to keep teaching the way we were taught. And unfortunately, the newer generations aren't learning the same way we learned. And I think, you know, the fire department that I joined 25 years ago doesn't exist anymore. Likewise, neither do the fires that we had 25 years ago. So we can assume from that that the new recruits we have aren't the same as they were 25 years ago. As fire instructors, we need to up our game and bring ourselves into the modern teaching world so that we can teach this next generation the way they need to be taught so they can learn the skills we learned when we came into the fire service. It's not what's being taught, it's how it's being taught that makes a difference. Absolutely. Um, the, our job fundamentally hasn't changed. We're, we're here to save lives and property. We're providing a service. That hasn't changed, but the way we learn, the way that we teach has changed. 
and and the fire service from what i understand what i can see through my experience in the fire service and and, t- and teaching throughout the fire service is that we as instructors tell our students you know you have to keep learning your trade you have to you have to be you know 25 years 30 years you can't stop learning because the service evolves the fire instructors need to do the same thing you can't become an in fire instructor and 15 years later expect to be teaching the same way you taught when you first became a fire instructor we need to evolve with the service so that we can we can still teach appropriately is it tougher to be a good instructor now than it was in the past? I think that's a loaded question. <laughs> I think uh, uh, it, it, it is difficult, but it's difficult for a number of reasons. I think it's not just that the students are different. Um, we're teaching a newer generation that learns entirely differently than, than we did. But the other thing I think a lot of instructors lose sight of is how little they knew when they started. And the more experienced you become in the fire service, you know, you start to lose the the forest for the trees and tasks that are easy and simple for us are difficult for students who have never done them before. Putting up ladders, pulling hose, connecting to a fire hydrant. Yeah, but that's always been true, right? It's always been true, but the more the more you do a task, the more you perfect your task. So 25 years of myself putting up ladders, I tend to take for granted a lot of what a student needs to know and learn and be told. And I lose sight of that over time because I forget how simple I need to make the task. So tell me about the instructor who showed a recruit class how to throw a ladder. That was one of the, the, the earlier you know, insights I had or, or the earlier interactions I had with, with the problem, I think. And so, again, this is an instructor who learned how to teach, learned through the, the, you know, the IFSAC accreditation process and as what we have vetted as the way to teach a fire instructor, the way to build a fire instructor in the service, right? So he had learned the initial methodology, but had never gone on to continue his education and continue learning about the evolution of the fire service and the changes we made in the fire service. So when it came time for him to evaluate a recruit 10 years after he took fire instructor, he had no way to properly evaluate because he wasn't maintaining a a current view of the fire service from an instructor point of view. He was still a great fireman. He still could do the job, but the instructor has to understand that the fire service is evolving so fast and we're changing methods and methodology and we're learning more about fire speeds and heat release rates that you can't just learn to be an instructor and never try to get better at it it'd be like you becoming a fireman and then never learning to do your job any better. It would be like learning to drive a car and then never practicing and expecting that you could just drive a car the same way you did 20 years ago. And and that's what, that's what showed me or, or started to get me thinking that the fire instructors we have, they're, they're, they're fantastic at their job. They know their job. 
We just have to bring them up to speed with how students today are equipped to learn. Do you meet with resistance when you suggest that a teaching style needs to change? I, I meet with some resistance, but I, I'm also, I think, met with a lot of hope because it's, I think, if you look at it properly, if you've, and the great thing about instructors is because they love what they do and they love to teach and they love to impart knowledge, they're willing to take kind of that little leap of faith that says, okay, if you've got something to show me, I'm willing to look at it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to force anybody to, to, you know, eat of my apple or drink of my Kool-Aid, whatever term you want to use. (laughs) Um, But what I'm, what I'm suggesting and, and, you know, in a, in a relative way is if I wanted to teach kindergarten math, I would have to get a bachelor's degree and then go get a teaching degree. So I'm looking at spending six years in college to teach a child how to add. Well, wouldn't you think that some of that methodology in there, that they're teaching teachers, right? And I'm not suggesting that fire instructors go to college. I think it's great, but I don't think they have to. But if you look at the six years of higher education to teach kindergarten math, don't you think that a fire service instructor should need more than a 40-hour class to teach a fireman how to be a fireman. Well, if nothing else, they're going to catch up with that level of knowledge very quickly. <laughs> and then you're going to be left trying to teach them more than they know and you won't you won't be any further ahead. And and that's and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put us as a fire service and and I was always told when I was a, a younger fireman, you know, you you, you, you do your job, you do your job well, and you leave the fire service better than you found it because it owes me nothing. I owe it a wonderful career, but the fire service owes me nothing. So I want to leave it in a better state than I found it. And, and I think the way I can do that is by providing instruction and direction for the, the instructors we have on how to incorporate the traditional fire service and the traditional recruit academy or tower or whatever you want to call it, we can incorporate that with some teaching methods that that higher education has been using for years that are, for lack of better terms, cheap and easy. There are things that we could do as continuing education that would propel our recruits to be the professionals that we want them to be when they graduate. Examples? An example would be embracing some of the media that schools use now. There are cheap and easy ways to create apps that you can share on your phone. Recruits can study at home in a digital media, which they're more used to than reading through an essentials book that they're not going to read through. You know, we can do things like that. We can we can make the classroom more than an eight-hour PowerPoint presentation by bringing in and incorporating teach back versions of classes. We can do more group activities, more inside outside things that break up the monotony of a traditional recruit school without losing focus of the discipline and, and the, the, you know, the drive of that recruit school that we need as a fire service. Again, using those different platforms, using other platforms to build in group projects and build the team building. A lot of the newer generation 
isn't as familiar with team concept as we were. They don't play outside as much. They're, they're doing video games and they're working on their phones. And so we need to start building the, the idea of a team concept, that firefighting team concept. Those are some of the things that I think we should be working into our recruit schools, like I said, to kind of bring us up to the level playing field with today's students and what we want them to learn. The department I work for, we, we have a pretty, I think, progressive recruit school. Um, we're getting better every time we do one, and that's because our training division looks at how we're teaching, what we're teaching, and how we can do it better next time. Like I said, those are, those are some of the things that, that I think are necessary instead of that stagnant, well, we've done it this way for the last 100 years, and it's worked because it's not working as well as it could work. I'll be back with more right after this. Don't miss your chance to get your hands on the hottest logo wear around. Code 3 Podcast Gear makes you look good and tells the world you're a fan. Now you can wear the Code 3 logo proudly. Just go to our website, Code3Podcast.com. Click the banner and you'll be able to order an assortment of cool apparel and accessories. Thanks for supporting the podcast that supports firefighters. Now, how much fear do you see in the eyes of instructors who are told these things and have no real background or very little background in them before they start learning it? So I just piloted a, a workshop in South Carolina, where I'm from. I didn't see much fear. And in, in fact, I got a lot of really great feedback and, and I think a lot more surprise than I did fear. Like I said, instructors as a whole are, are a great example of our fire service because these, these are people who want to give back. They're willing to, to push themselves to do that. So like I said, I haven't seen any fear yet maybe a little nervous energy, but I think the, the, like I said, the pilots that I've done, the feedback I've gotten, most of it is, you know, a little bit of excitement to maybe try some of this, uh, in the next recruit school, in the next company drill. This, this is information that is also great for that company officer who may be getting a new recruit, you know, someone who, who's in charge of overseeing that yearly development of a new member for the for the fire department. So it doesn't have to necessarily be the strictest definition of fire instructor. You know, it could be a mentor, it could be it could be part of a training division. The the feedback I'm getting is really positive and I'm hoping I've got a couple more classes coming up in the near future so I'm hoping to get some more information and really dial in the whole program. When I was at a fire service trade show an apparatus manufacturer was very proud of the fact that their engine had had controls that could be operated by an iPad. <laughs> and they said, well, this will certainly fit in well with the millennial generation's understanding of technology. And I'm kind of curious if this is, is this, is this pandering or is this what they need? I think it's both. I think that... If you can incorporate, you know, the iPad, if you can incorporate technology, you're going to catch that millennial generation. You're going to catch their eye. 
you're certainly going to, they're certainly going to be able to use that platform a lot easier than someone who's my age would. But I think, I think it, it is also can be deceptive because we know at the end of the day, doesn't matter how good you can use an iPad, I can't use my, my iPhone in a fire to figure out search patterns and I can't use my iPad on a roof to figure out my cut patterns. The, the job itself is, is manual, you know, and, and I think you, I think you have to have both, but what we have to be not afraid of, I think what, I think what it, that is a good example of how we need to be not afraid to embrace the technology, but we have to use it to our advantage. We can't use it as an excuse. We have to, you know, so I'm an older generation. I'm a Gen Xer, right? So born in the 60s. So I need to be able to embrace that medium just as much as someone who was born in the 1990s and be able to be conversant in it. I need to be able to be accepting of it. And I need to be able to use it to my advantage to get these younger, you know, 18, 20, 22 year old recruits to buy into my program of the fire service, to buy into learning a trade and a craft that's manual as well as digital. All right, Chris Garnowitz, thanks for being with me on Code 3 today. My pleasure. I was, I was happy to talk to you, Scott. And we put more information on modern fire training on our website at code3podcast.com slash current. Check it out. I'll bet you're thinking this is the part of the podcast where I ask you to make a pledge to Code 3. You're right, it is. So again, if you're getting something out of this show, please help keep it going. Whether it's a buck a month, five, ten, or more, it all counts. Head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support to join the good people who are already supporting the show. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. This time we discussed why your training techniques may be out of date. I'd like to hear what you're doing to stay current, and if you've seen examples of training that just didn't work. Just email me, scott at code3podcast.com, or leave a voicemail at 562-337-9902. I'll read your comments and play your messages on a future show. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.